0: Welcome to the We Are The Church podcast. I am your host, author, and inspirational speaker, Sherry Jones. Today's topic is the church and mental health. Mental health is a pressing concern for our world, our nation, our communities, and for many of us, our homes. So how do we as the church address this issue? We will discuss this topic with our special guest, Nicole Goss. Nicole Goss is a licensed clinical social worker in Charlotte, North Carolina. She earned her Bachelor of Science degree from Winthrop University and her Master's of Social Work degree from the University of South Carolina. Her professional experience includes working with foster and adoptive parents as well as providing counseling services. Goss is also a board-certified telemental health professional and has worked with several online providers of mental health services. Recently, she opened Good Life Counseling and Training, PLLC, which specializes in offering counseling services online. Get ready for an engaging and educational conversation with today's guest. Stay tuned. We're about to get started.
1: Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to the second episode of the We Are The Church podcast. Today's topic is the church and mental health, and I am so excited to have our guest, Nicole Goss, with us. Nicole Goss is a wonderful, licensed professional mental health professional, but she is also one of my besties, and we have known each other for, um, I'll just say, 20-plus years. So welcome, 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 <laughs> to We Are This. Church. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you so
2: much for inviting me to be on. I'm so honored and privileged to be a part of your podcast and to talk about mental health today. So, again, thank you.
1: You're most welcome. So we are going to go ahead and hop into our questions. The first uh-huh. question, um, as you know, this podcast, we are the church. So we're talking about being the church as the body of Christ beyond the four walls. Um, but then mental health is a pressing issue in our society today. So my first question for you is how should Christians respond to people who are battling mental health issues? Yeah, well, thank you for the question
2: because truly these are stressful days and You know, there's just lots going on, and, you know, as a part of the body of Christ, when someone comes to us and they tell us that they are struggling with mental health or someone that they know is struggling with mental health, um, because we do represent Christ, um, I heard an acronym the other day that I really like, LUV, love. You know, we need to listen. We need to understand and we need to validate and recognize that if someone comes to us and they say this is something they're struggling with, that they have decided to trust us. And in doing so, we need to show them the love of Christ. And we need to be present with them during their struggle. We need to be praying with them, guiding them, and going with them to get the help they need and to make sure that we're not doing anything to make them feel like they should be ashamed of what's happened to them. Because we don't do that when someone has a physical illness. You know, we don't make okay. them feel ashamed or that they they've done something to bring this upon themselves. We say, well, you need to go see about yourself. You need to go to the doctor. So when someone comes and this is a real struggle in their life and they trust us with that, then we want to represent Christ to them and be with them in that struggle. And so I would hope that as Christians that we would
1: do that. Yes, yes, definitely. And I love the acronym, the L-U-V, listen, understand, and validate. And um, and you're so – because we, as we can, ostracize people when they say they have mental health issues because we think, well, if you're a believer, you're not supposed to have a mental health struggle. You just pray it away. But how many of us know praying it away is not always the answer. Sometimes you need help. Right. And um, thank you so much. Um, so my next question um, – wanted to tap into the type of help that we seek as believers. Um, a lot of times um, believers may be comfortable with a traditional counselor and they want a counselor that is going to incorporate their faith in their treatment. And so we call that Christian counseling. But can you define for us exactly what is Christian counseling? Oh, that's a great question because – You know, it's really, it's kind of old and
2: it's kind of new um, because, you know, Christians have been counseling each other for a long time, but, you know, it wasn't that long ago I almost feel like I'm dating myself when I say it used to be that, you know, Christians didn't go to counseling, and and Mm -hmm. if they did go to counseling, they really ran the risk of being misdiagnosed or misunderstood because, Mm -hmm the therapist would sometimes see that person's religious beliefs or practices as part of their problem or contributing to their, you know, their psychosis. And so Christians didn't, you know, really feel comfortable going, you know, to get counseling. But Christian counseling came about in a way to answer that because there are those counselors who realize that a person's faith, and their belief in God is part of who they are, It's part of their identity, It's how they see the world and how they cope with the world and how they operate. And so Christian counseling kind of evolved to meet that need. So now when you are a Christian, you don't have to worry about going to someone and that person not understanding, you know, how your view of Christ and your relationship with Christ impacts how you see the world. And so Christian counseling mm-hmm. kind of takes on lots of different forms. You know, there's a Christian counselor that you may go to um, who believes that for them, Christian counseling is me reading the Bible and then telling you, the client, you know, this is what the Bible says and thus they of the Lord. Um, you know, there's some people who think, you know, that's Christian counseling. But um, when people contact me and they say they're interested in Christian counseling, the way I approach Christian counseling, the way I um, operate as a Christian counselor, is, it's not for me to tell you what I see in the Bible. And to dictate to you what you should do as a Christian counselor, my role is to help you activate your faith and for you to think about your spiritual practices and for you to be able to use um, your belief in God to help address the things that you are going through. So I don't, I'm not there to wag my finger or to preach at anybody. You know, I am there to kind of use the Christian lens to kind of guide you to get to the place that, you know, we're working toward to meet your goals and to get your your dreams achieved.
1: I love that. I love that, especially the last part where you said using the Christian lens to guide you. Um, That is so good. That's such good stuff Um, because that's what we need um, when we're seeking advice, but we are believers. We want someone that's going to help us through that Christ lens and help us um, to get the help that we need, but still keeping our faith intact. And I love right. how you said um, when someone's working with you, you're helping them to activate their faith and to use their faith. So when you're with a Christian counseling, your faith doesn't have to be put in the back burner. Or it doesn't have to be something that you're made to feel ashamed of, but it's something that you can use in your healing. So I really, really love exactly. that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Now, talking about Christian counseling, so it sounds like this is something great. This is something wonderful. So I'm a Christian. I'm struggling with mental health. I want to go to a Christian counselor. How should I look for a Christian counselor? What should I look for in that person that's going to help me with my faith in this time?
2: Mm -hmm. Well, in thinking about looking for a
1: counselor or a therapist, period,
2: you know, you want to consider what licensure they have because there's a lot of mental health professionals, and they all have different licensures. So I myself am a licensed clinical social worker. You may want to work with an LPC, a licensed professional counselor, or a licensed marriage and family therapist. And there are other counselors, so you might want to consider, you know, what is your end goal? What is it that you want to work on? And um, so you want to think about what licensure to have. The other benefit to working with someone who's licensed Um, But, you know, you you can also find that there's a lot of people who are doing life coaching and they kind of blur the line. But the benefit of working with someone who is licensed is that you know that they have worked a certain number of hours underneath someone um, for their supervision. You know, for a licensed clinical social worker, they had to do 3,000 hours of clinical supervision. So you know they've worked under supervision. Um, You also know that they are accountable to a board. So – you know, they're going to honor confidentiality. They're going to make sure that you're safe in your practice. So you want to make sure that you're working with someone who is licensed. Now, then when you want to narrow it down a little bit, you want to look at that person's profile. You know, what? You know other than their licensure, are they certified in other things that may be beneficial to you? People can have a licensure in trauma or they can be certified in different other practices like prepare and enrich or, you know, um There's all different kinds of certifications. Um, I'm also certified to work with um, couples who are having emotional difficulties. So you want to see if they have certifications that you think will be beneficial to you, you know, in what you're trying to work on. And then you also want to, you know, if they say um, they work in um, Christian counseling, you also want to have a conversation with that person, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, A lot of counselors now will offer you a consult, and I feel like any counselor should be willing to speak to you for at least 15 minutes about what it's like to work with them. And in that consult, you want to ask about what modalities do they use, you know, how do they approach um, their work. Um, And if they start, you know, using their acronyms, don't be afraid to say, uh, excuse me, you know, what does that CBT stand for? You know, so ask them what approach do they use? You know, do they use cognitive behavior therapy? Um, what you know, Do they use solution-focused therapy? And what does that look like? You know, what is their expectation of you? Will they be giving you homework? Um, will they be giving you assignments? Will it be all in one place so that you can you know, get a sense of, is that going to work for you? you know? And be real about, like, yeah, I'm not interested in none of those assignments. Or you might get excited and be like, yes, that's exactly what I want to do. And if they say they are a Christian counselor, Ask the question about, well, what does that look like in your practice? You know, and they, and they may say, oh, well, in my practice, you know, I, I read you scriptures or I incorporate it this way and see if that works for you. And if you have something else in mind, you, well, you can ask, well, well, would you be open to this or open to that or what if I'm not comfortable with this or I'm not comfortable with that? Because in that, in that initial conversation is an opportunity for you to speak to get a sense of, is this someone I can work with? Because mm-hmm. it really is going to evolve into a relationship. Like you're gonna, it's a working relationship. You're not, you're not going to be mm-hmm. friends, but it is a, a relationship, a therapist-client relationship. So it has to be someone that you're comfortable with, someone that you trust, someone that you feel every confidence in that what they're offering is going to help your situation. So think about what licensure they have. You know, how do they practice? And um, do you have a good feel for where they say, um, what they say they can do to help you with your situation?
1: Wow, that is so good. Thank you for those tips. Uh, and, and when you talked about the licensure and the number of hours that you had to um, put to that, and I know you have to study testing and all of that. Um, so many so to have, you. Yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I
1: know, oh, I know. My. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine. So kudos to everyone that's licensed out there um, to practice, and um, and and that's important. So we, I appreciate all of those tips, and those are great things um, that people need to look for. Because like you said, um, there's so many different types of counselors out there, so many types of certifications, and you have to narrow through the weeds and figure out what is best for you. And so the tips that you Mm -hmm. gave us definitely help with that. Yeah. Um, Now my next question, um, looking at your bio, you are a telemental health professional. And Mm -hmm. and especially in this time of social distancing uh, where people can't be face-to-face due to the coronavirus, a lot of people may be looking into telemental health as an option for them, but they may not. Have a full understanding of what that means. So, could you explain to us exactly what is Telemental Health and what are some of the pros and cons of seeking that type of service?
2: Okay, great. Well, I'm going to tell you, um, Telemental Health has kind of been growing over the past years. And so, a few years ago, I became a board certified tele-mental health professional, and I'm so glad that I did. I didn't see this day coming, but <laughs> I'm so glad because it has prepared me for this moment because if anyone is seeking um, mental health counseling now, more than likely they're going to be using it during telemental health because of social distancing, and a lot mm-hmm. of therapists really had to struggle and scramble to figure mm-hmm. out how to move what they do to an online space. So telemental health really takes on lots of different forms. It can be email, it can be texting, it can be phone, it can be video conferencing. And you see there's some, there's some therapists out there, they, they offer all of those. Um, I mainly focus on um, video conferencing um, with a backup of phone con- con- um, counseling. Um, but what that board certification does is it helps you be efficient in all of those modalities and it also helps the therapist know how to take how they practice in person, and be able to translate that to online, and also mm. to think about all the different things that you need to be mindful of to keep your clients safe online. Because you don't want um, you don't want to be working with a client, and because of the way you're practicing, um, it becomes unsafe in the terms that you know maybe you get hacked or you you know you, you someone's eavesdropping on your conversation. Because technology is mm. great until it's not, right? So right. What that certification does is it helps you think through how to safely practice online and to be efficient at using the way that you practice in person and in those other different modalities. So it does have a lot of pros. I'm a big old advocate for it. My whole practice is online, so I'm a big right. advocate for it. But the real is, is that there's some cons. One of the cons is that, you know, it's not for everybody. You know, if you are dealing with, um, you know, some serious um, psychosis, being online really may not be the, the best form for you, you know. Um, so if, if the, your situation is, is too, you do need to be seen face-to-face. Um, another concept, technology is great until it ain't, yeah, so you have to have backup plans. You know, you mm-hmm. could be, I love video conferencing, but sometimes that, the video conference, it goes out and you have, to be, you have to have another plan to either do it on the phone or do it later. Some clients, they don't like that. You know, they, they want their session, when they have a session, it causes them anxiety if they don't. So, you know, in the very beginning when you're having that conversation, um, the, the, the professional, the therapist needs to be thinking about those things and helping you think about whether or not that's going to work for you. Um, there's a lot to probe. One of the biggest pros is that it's going to gift you back some time in your life. Okay. Uh-huh. Um. I live in Charlotte, North Carolina, and in Charlotte, the traffic is becoming a bear. You can be uh-huh. going ten miles, and that's it. But it'll take you good thirty, forty minutes to get there. So if wow. you have a um, an appointment with your therapist, you if you have a drive to that person, then you may have to spend like you know, 30 minutes in your car to get there, have your 50-minute session, and then take you another 30, 40 minutes to get home. So there your whole session, your whole therapy session, really took about three hours of your life. But the beauty of video conferencing is that you can do it from your home. You can do it from the privacy of your home, and it will save you two hours of your life because you didn't have to drive anywhere. So that is really one of the biggest things. And also it's about being comfortable in your surroundings. You know, it's easier for people to have a session in their home versus, you know, going downtown and, you know, driving there. You know, sometimes I get tired just driving somewhere. I'm like, you know. But if you're at home, you can be refreshed. You know, you're safe. If you have, you know, sometimes people have their pets, they're talking, they're petting their pets. Pet. That's even more therapeutic. Mm-hmm. um another real nice um provider that, that's also going to save you a little bit of money you know to be real mm-hmm. it's going to save you money cuz you don't have to burn your right. gas exactly. um and so yeah right um and so it's it's just the being able to have it video conference or on phone is going to you know put you in a more um safe surroundings. it's going to save you some time um sometimes clients may even decide they like to record their sessions and, you know, play it back to themselves later, that that's, you know, something that they can do. So that's a pro that, you know, you don't always do if you're going to do it in person. So there's definitely a lot of pros to doing the the video conferencing. Awesome.
1: Awesome. I love the pros. I love and time, I and mean, saving time and saving money and being comfortable in my home. You done sold me right. on that right there. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, so, right. Much better. You, so much better. But as you stated, you know, it's not for everybody. So you have to understand your particular situation, your particular diagnosis and like you said, um, that, that professional, that clinician should be asking you those questions to make sure that telemental health is something that is um, a right fit for you. But I'm thankful that you received that certification because it actually it set you up for such a time as this, even though you didn't know it, it at that time. And so that's definitely a blessing. Mm-hmm. It certainly did.
2: I even had a friend, um, I encouraged her. When I mm-hmm. was getting my certification, I was like, come on, girl, we're going to do this. We gonna, this is, this is going to be the next thing. It's, it's really the way that this practice and this work is going to be going.
1: And mm-hmm. she
2: sent me a text here recently because she did. She went through it and she added it to her business. And um, she sent me a text recently. I was like, "Girl, I'm so grateful that I went to this training with you." Exactly, <laughs> because a lot to exactly. Out if you hadn't done it before. Mm-hmm.
1: It, it is. It is. But the Lord, He'll give you those ideas and, and downloads, and you don't even realize why you're doing it. But it all comes out, and you realize in the end, it works out for your good. So that is. And he's a good God. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so, Nicole, you mentioned about your business, Good Life Counseling. Tell us um, a little bit more about Good Life Counseling and also tell us about the exciting workshop that you have coming up.
2: Oh, well, um, I started Good Life Counseling um, a couple of years ago. Um, I had been working in the field and I worked with some um, local agencies as well as some online agencies. And I decided that I want to start Good Life Counseling to expand um, services online, um, especially Christian counseling. Um, I mainly focus on working with clients who are dealing with relationship issues as well as anxiety and depression. And um, I wanted a platform where I can make it more readily available because one of the other pros of working online is that it expands your reach. So, like, if, if I live, say I live in Raleigh and I only want to see someone face-to-face, I can only see the people who are probably within a 30-minute radius of me, right? That kind of limits uh-huh. the people I can work with. However, if I am um, seeing someone who is offering their services either by phone or video conference, it expands. So now I have more therapists to choose from. So someone in Raleigh might feel like, you know what, that, Nicole, that is really who I need to work with. But if I can't, you know, go and see her face-to-face, I can't do that because that's three hours away. But if you offer video conferencing, then you have more choices of the people that you can work with. And so I really wanted to be able to offer, you know, um, services to More people, so I started Good Life Counseling um, and training. And one of the things um, I do in my and my um, business is I do workshops. And I have a free workshop coming up called um, Managing Your Stress. I'm sorry, Managing Your Anxiety. Um, Because I wanted to offer this workshop because you know during these days, and you could probably say this at any time, but especially
1: these days,
2: we are all dealing with a lot of anxiety. And we need to know how to manage that, how to live with that, as well as how to help those in our lives with it. So I wanted to offer this um, free um, online workshop. Of course, it's online. You can um, get your free ticket on Eventbrite. And I would love for everyone to come on in, and we'll talk more about anxiety, how to handle it, you know, what does the, the Lord about it. Um, and we'll also go over some some techniques that you may find helpful in helping you deal with your anxiety.
1: Awesome! And what is the um the date and the time for the workshop?
2: Um, it is going to be Tuesday, April the twenty eighth, and it's going to start at seven o'clock, and it'll last for just one hour.
1: Awesome! Awesome! Well, that is exciting. That is exciting. Everybody that is listening, you need to hop over to Eventbrite. Well, not right now. Now the um, podcast is over. Hop over to <laughs> 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 and find managing your anxiety offered by Nicole Goff of Good Life Counseling, April twenty eighth at seven p.m. from seven to eight. We are going to find out about managing your anxiety, and it's all for free. And you know, we all like free. <laughs> um, being real about it so yes so this is going to be a great opportunity um, and Nicole we um, just thank you so much for sharing with us sharing your wisdom with us letting us know a little bit more about Christian counseling and also letting us know more about you um, in particular and good life counseling and uh, we pray blessings over your business and everything that your hand oh, thank is teaching you. Um, We appreciate you. Um, So please just let us know um, how people can connect with you and um, any closing remarks that you have.
2: Well, again, thank you so much for having me on. And, again, these are stressful times, but, you know, the Lord is with us. God is with Mm -hmm. us, and we need to be there for each other. So thank you again for having me on. You can reach me. Um, I am on Facebook at Good Life Counseling. Um, you can also uh, follow me on Instagram at goodlife-counseling. dot com and also on my website at www.goodlife-counseling.com. counseling dot com. And you can also always um, still reach me by good old fashioned phone um, at nine eight zero two six zero eight four zero eight. That number again is nine eight zero two six zero
1: eight four zero eight. Awesome. We are. So blessed that you on um, Thought It not Robbery to be with us today. Thank you for your expertise. Thank you for your wisdom. I know that all of our listeners have been blessed by this conversation, the and mental health. So we have been schooled today on how to respond to mental health issues, what Christian counseling means, and how we can choose a counselor of our own. And we've learned about good life counseling and the phenomenal Nicole Goss So thank you, everyone, for tuning in today, and we look forward to chatting with you next week. Thank you.
2: Thanks.
0: I truly enjoyed today's guest, Nicole Goss. Did she not share some valuable tips with us regarding the church and mental health? Nicole is a wealth of knowledge and wisdom and I encourage you to stay connected with her. Check out the description of this podcast for ways to connect with Nicole and also ways to stay connected with me. Please subscribe to this podcast if you have not already. I look forward to chatting with you all next week. Our topic will be the church and our health. You all be blessed. Take care. And remember, the church is not a building. We are the church.